0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. Um, I hope you are having a wonderful day so far wherever you are in the world. Um, Where I live in Vietnam, it's currently 9.30 in the morning And I am recording this episode as always on a Tuesday Um, But wherever you are, uh, whether it's uh, afternoon, evening or late at night I just hope you're having a wonderful day, wonderful rest of the day And just like knowing that you always have time to restart tomorrow And you don't have to be so hard on yourself all the time um, and so that's just a little reminder um, for you at, at the beginning of this episode But today I will be giving some tips on how to adapt to the life abroad um, Long story short, it is to give some studying abroad tips on how to Especially in the first couple of months to adapt to the new, completely new lifestyle And completely new country Um. Speaking from experience, it was not very easy for me to adapt and change. Obviously, it's not supposed to be easy, but hopefully with some of the tips that I give in this episode, uh, people, some of you who are uh, considering studying abroad, who are about to study abroad, will benefit from those tips, you know. Um, I just thought it would be nice to share, keep sharing my experiences, and I'm I was also thinking about making this a mini series in the June series of just like sharing things about studying abroad, life or life in the U.S. or just like some of the things that I encounter during my 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 period of being being abroad and being a different country and the things that i learned the, th- the things that i did to 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 force myself uh, almost uh out of my comfort zone and really really make the most out of the experience um and out of the um period that i was abroad so that's uh pretty much uh this uh episode but before we get into the content i would like to give some updates and it's there there have been quite a, Quite a lot of updates. So first of all, my Pinterest board. I don't know if I've mentioned to you about this, but I've been kind of like um playing around with Pinterest and Pinterest kind of like business account for a while, and I just like built a, a community, I guess, of my own and my Pinterest board, my Pinterest account um recently has over 40,000 views so that's a big a big a big accomplishment on my part i've been doing that for several years now and it 's a fun process, just like you know testing out different mechanisms, learning about different tips on how to optimize your your board your pins your just like your content more uh, higher on the on the research page so it 's been very interesting and also i've I recently um, i don 't know if you i don 't know if you listened to previous episodes but I took the digital marketing course on Google Garage and recently we've been talking about just like um trying to optimize your search or SEO if you if you've heard that or SEM. Um so SEO is the free version, right? You just optimize it by choosing the right keywords and and building your websites in a way that's very relevant to your customers. But then SEM is the paid version. So you pay money to 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 appear on the top on the top of the first page. So that's basically what it means and it's been very interesting just like learning those knowledge in and information and seeing how they can be applied to my Pinterest board. And you know, forty thousand views is just like the is it's like accumulation over the years. It's not like I got 40,000 views right away after I open my Pinterest account. It's not it doesn't work like that. Um like I mentioned, I've been playing around with this for several years and just like quite recently that's when I that's when I kind of like knew about the the secret almost to to, to how to optimize your your Pinterest board. And my ultimate goal is because I I've, I've seen people making money from Pinterest and I feel like it's a very cool job being able to make money from your content. And again it's very easy to manage my Pinterest account and my my different boards because it's just basically reproducing and reusing your old content from other platforms and for me as a person who likes to produce content it's like it's like a perfect opportunity so my my ultimate goal is to build build a community um to be bigger uh so that I can join I can become a Pinterest creator almost and then earn money from that um it will be cool but for now I'm still enjoying it. You know, I'm still enjoying co- creating content, producing content and posting it and playing around with the different keywords and different mechanisms and algorithms. So it's a bit interesting. Um so that's the first update and then um I, like I mentioned since coming back to Vietnam I haven't been able to make as much money um uh, in terms of like side hustles. Um however I I've been thinking about it recently because um in the beginning in the first weeks of coming back to vietnam i was like i was very determined to not use my side hustle money especially now that it's gotten so much less i was determined to not touch it and to let it grow and to like multiply but now that i'm thinking about that i feel like i should use it because it's like my my effort and my work like it's, it's my money right but In the beginning, I thought that, oh, I shouldn't use it because it's my savings account. Um, And so I was not, I was not ready to use it. I was not willing to use it but now since i i'm not using it my finances have been on a, on a little bit of a rough end so i've been struggling with finances It's not like i need to use money i don't but i want there're certain things that i want to buy for myself and i cannot do that because i don't have the money um and I, and I don't want to touch my us bank account anymore because that's that's another issue and i'm i'm not in the us anymore so it's not it's not ideal to use my us bank account so for now, I'm just thinking maybe I should use my side hustle money. To, not all of it, obviously, but just like part of it or at least one fourth of it. As of what I'm thinking now, um, and it won't hurt that much also, right? And plus, I'm learning about, I'm learning other skills to make money in the future, such as investing, right? Me and my mom are in a investing course, um and we are determined that we will make money um next year so it's not gonna be a big deal um and also treating myself it's like uh i should pay myself first right i i I tell that to every people around me but i myself i'm not exercising that belief so i should i should i should use it right and it would make me feel a little bit happier and make me feel a little bit more free um especially now that i'm in vietnam and like i mentioned i don't want to use my parents money and things like that so it's a it's a it's logic it's logical that i use my own money at least not all of it but part of it to cover my own expenses and my, my own wants and desires so that's what i'm gonna do um so yeah that's a bit of an update on finances but also When it comes to my personal self-development i've been thinking a lot about the mechanism of this whole universe i know that's a that's a big jump between finances and then and then more of a spirituality aspect of everything but um recently i've been really really pondering upon how this world or how this universe works and I know we've been talking about a lot of assumption, a lot of manifestation, and things like that. But recently, I've been really, really thinking, like, pondering and reflecting deeply about that. And I've been thinking about numerology and how how accurate and how it can be applied to my own life. And then um, about meditation, uh, about Buddhism, about ancient ancient med- medicinal treatments, like you know, and because I live in Asia and. And traditional traditional Asian medicine, it's very different from, from present Western medicine, um, and for me, since I am a more, I'm Gen Z, right? So, so we we're more of a more, I don't know present um, generation, but my parents and my grandparents, they are so used to the ancient way of treating uh, diseases and curing people. Um so we have different herbs we have different traditional practices um like yoga from India, or more, more other other I, I don't know how to call them, but more movements or exercises, traditional ones that can that that are believed to to regulate your own energy, your own vibration, your own um, you know sources of information and energy because in Asia, we believe that we have um, air, we have um, I don't know, earth, air, fire, water, right? The four elements and the four elements um, are present within each and every one of us. And so ancient Asian ancient medicines are supposed to regulate and balance all the four elements um so and and when 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 they're all balanced that's when you're when you're truly healthy and you're truly healed so i've been thinking about that and the whole the whole inspiration for this uh, this whole rabbit rap like i don't know going down the rabbit hole is that i yesterday i i heard i came across a an audiobook called quantum healing by Deepak Chopra he's a he's a an an indian uh english i think um and he's a a a doctor um and before in previous years he himself really believed in present day medicine like western high tech um medicine but recent recently he has chosen more of a ancient and traditional route to treating his patients um he came back to his home country which is India and there he started Im- implementing and incorporating traditional ancient medicines like uh introducing you know, some basic yoga movements to his uh patients or uh some traditional herbs medicine or just some like traditional practices even meditation and affirmation and just like trying to connect the body and the mind because he believes that when the mind is strong enough and when you have a a desire or intention or a thought coming from your mind uh, if that's strong enough then it will be able to heal every diseases and i know this not this, this is not a new ideology and in 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 the medical field because recently people have been um especially in the field of like treating cancer or cancerous diseases because um for so many years western medicine has not been able to cure completely cure cancer patient um and so now people are choosing more of a holistic approach that's what he called it a more holistic approach uh, treating not only the body but also the mind, and making sure that the mind is connect is connected to the body. Because he himself says that cancer is a disease that is very holistic. So it it doesn't mean it doesn't happen only at one organ or at one part of your body. When when it happened, for example, if if it happens in your breast, breast cancer. Um, even though technically, technically speaking, scientifically speaking. It is only present in your breast, but your breast is connected to your lungs, your your breast is connected to your kidney and your brain and your heart and everything. Um, every other organ in your body you know so when a breast cancer happens it's a it's a it's a holistic disease in terms of it affects every other organ and not just not just the breast so if it's a holistic disease we should have a holistic approach to treating it so that's what his ideology is about and i and i feel like it's very interesting and i and i truly believe that because um if western technology is to be effective and i know that it is effective for some people, um, but it's not the majority of people um, or the majority of the patients. So I feel like we should not negate another alternative option to treating cancerous diseases um, and be not be so fixated on, oh, we should use Western technology because it's more scientifically proven or it's more, I don't know, but and not just not stigmatized, you know, traditional ancient treatments because at least for me growing up in asia i don't stigmatize anything um but i know that some people in in the western side of the world they because western technology is all they knew about right and so they would have a more higher tendency to crit- criticize other forms of treatments which is understandably um right but obviously we we shouldn't just um limit ourselves to only one option of treatment you know what i mean so it's on my it's been on my mind recently and i feel like that's a very interesting um topic to think about and that's why i um yesterday i decided to do yoga and meditate and also get back to listening pod- to podcasts um and another and this morning before recording this episode i came across an uh, uh, a podcast episode uh from the Impact Theory by Tom Blue. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but basically it's an episode about how diet won't increase your lifespan with Dr. Peter Titta. And he's, an, he's the author of the book Outlive, which was recently published. And I don't know if it's a, it's a coincidence, but right like literally right before I came back to Vietnam, Um, I was like wandering around the, the bookstore in America near my campus because I wanted to find some gifts for my roommate and my friends and I came across his book Outlive and I thought that's an interesting book but because I was planning to come back to Vietnam and I don't want to bring so many things so that I don't have to carry things around and it will not be as bulky and, and hard to carry it out because it's a long flight, you know. So I decided to not buy his book, even though it was a very interesting book from first glance. But yeah, and like one month later, I came across his book once more, and um, but in another form. So it's uh, it's a coincidence, right? It happens for a reason. And um, so it's just an interesting realization that I had recently. And also talk circling back to numerology sorry, I know that's a it's a bit of a ramble but stick with me here. So numerology, right? I don't know if you know about numerology, but numerology is a study of numbers and some scientists um believe that um numbers hold significant power. Um and I believe so too because I believe that every everything every I don't know obviously human beings we have energy but every other thing I even our even our bed, our table, our computers, our phone, they have energy as well and they have vibration. And so do and so numbers. Um, the numbers hold significant power. Um, and everything can be translated to numbers, right? Even without coding, our whole world is built upon um, numbers, our te- technological coding, technological algorithms. Um, the more that I think about it, the more that I believe that pal- number is number is more powerful than we think they are. Um, and so, long story short, there's this kind of like principle in the world of numerology that says that um, our, our life is divided into diff- multiple nine-year cycles. Um, and so, uh, in those nine years... Um, within a cycle there is nine years right and so each year represents a state in your life and what you're supposed to do so for example the first year obviously number one it's your best year it's your highest year and then it goes downhill from year number second year third year fourth year is your first your first um, bottom Um, and then it goes up your fifth year your sixth year um, your sixth year is your minor minor peak and then it goes down and your seventh year is your lowest lowest bottom so and then it goes back up to your eighth year or ninth year in your first year of another cycle so it's it's a it's this very interesting curve and it's uh, represent um, your nine year cycle and for me right now I'm in my seventh year and if you recall your seventh year is the um the lowest year in your ninth year cycle and it signifies that this year is not my the most my most lucky year um and that i shouldn't do anything major such as opening a business or creating um or doing something new you know doing something adventurous because it's not supposed to do that to be that way this year is for me to um uh, close myself up to a certain extent. Study, learn, and reflect as much as possible. And studying and learning doesn't doesn't stop at just academically. It also expands to other skills, soft skills, new knowledge. And so that's why me and my mom are learning about investing and things like that. Um, And I believe that truly, truly, that's the spirit of my seventh year is for me to learn and obtain and retain as much knowledge and information as much as possible. Because um, personally speaking, um, I haven't had major luck with you know finding a new job finding new opportunities or finding new things for me to do however i have i have been very lucky in finding the things that i want to learn about or finding people who i can learn from so it's you know it makes sense for me um so yeah i know this is m- very much of a ramble but that's uh, all the updates that i have for you today um and so we we'll have to be uh go very quickly through the tips but i feel like these, some of the tips that I, I'm about to give you are very self-explanatory and they're very basic The tips that we hear every very often. Um, but I just want to give you another perspective on how they can be applied to your life studying abroad. So the first tip is to embrace your emotions and let yourself feel what needs to be felt. Um, and so I remember when first coming to the U.S., um, the first month was horrible because i was so overwhelmed i was emotionally overwhelmed of how many some of the things that i needed to learn right um and the people that i that i had to met um and it's just a, a over, very overwhelming and i and i don't know what to feel and at that time i would just try to not let myself feel uh to an extent and limit myself to certain emotions right I would tell myself that oh you shouldn't feel sad or you shouldn't feel ungrateful because you know studying abroad is an opportunity that not everyone has and because of that you 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 need to feel grateful but in that first month I could not feel grateful at all I was like I was doubting myself I was very overwhelmed my skin was flaring up I was not confident about myself I, I had no money I did not I did not know anybody literally I knew nobody um I didn't know my English was not very good I was not used to talking English all the time so my communication skills and it was not very helping me um and so on top of that I wouldn't let myself feel certain emotions. and so now looking back I would tell myself that it's okay to not be okay and that you can let yourself feel the emotion your emotions are valid and you should embrace your emotions and uh, also i would recommend you to practice affirmations and try to remind yourself that it's okay to not be okay and that things will pass and you know the the initial difficulties and in the initial overwhelming emotions are necessary for you to move on and for you to grow and adapt um, and so first tip, embrace your emotions and let yourself feel what needs to be felt. And this can be applied to every other aspect. It doesn't have to be studying abroad. But I feel like your emotions are always valid. And so whenever you feel like you are overwhelmed emotionally, just like take a break and let yourself feel what needs to be felt because that's your body telling you to, to do something. And uh, if you listen to my previous episode about... Being in touch with yourself, um, you should learn to to listen to your body um, and, and be intuitive about your emotion especially. So that's the first tip. The second tip is a, to have a strong routine to your days, your weeks, or just like structure your day in a way that is centered around routines because in those days, you know in the first month or first few days or weeks, that's like the very like highly uncertain days right you don't know what to expect uh everything is new um you know nothing like at least for me i knew nothing i knew nobody i don't i don't i was so lost i did not know what i what i needed to do or what i wanted to do so in highly uncertain days like that i would recommend you to have routines like what would your uh morning routine look like what would you do after you wake up or you know things like that. Try to structure your days and have structure, and even like time block your days. Like don't let yourself have so many, so so much free time. Just try to do something right. Constantly doing something really helps because it distracts you from you know uh doubting yourself from your very negative emotions. Um, and I know that in uh, I just mentioned that you should embrace your emotions. But I feel like that could that needs to be done in to an, to a certain extent because um I want you to embrace your emotions, but I don't want you to drown in your emotions if that makes sense, so you know embracing your emotions you know if you feel sad, take a break if you feel overwhelmed, take a break or talk to somebody or journal or meditate or yoga or go for a walk i don't know do whatever um, but you still need to have routines um and to make you feel some sort of comfort, some sort of, uh, some sort of a sense of familiar, f- familiarity, if that makes sense. You know? Because in highly uncertain days like that, you will crave comfort. You will crave something that you know already and your routines are something that you know already. Um, the third tip is do not force yourself to do things other people are doing. And this is a big thing for me, so when i before even before I came to the u s to study abroad, people would tell me that oh college, the first year of college is you know is a blank canvas every everyone is a blank canvas, and that 's when you should make the most out of, out of out of the resources around you, for example, make friends. Go hang out with them or uh, try to be friendly, like say hi to everybody, make friends as much as possible or um, try to make uh, good impressions with your professors by raising hands in class, by uh, contributing your voices, by doing by going above and beyond um, and showing them that you care and you do the work and you are hardworking students and things like that. And also like go to parties, enjoy, drink, party, uh, I don't know, do whatever up. Uh, join clubs, join clubs, uh, join as many clubs as possible, or like find jobs, like do multiple jobs at once. Um, and I know that those are bad things and they are, they make, they are right to an extent when advising you that, oh, you should um, make the most out of your first year, because it's true, like your first year students, right, your blank canvases, nobody knew each other. so. If you want to do something, that's the perfect time to start. If you want to, you know, go ask for a position, a job position, that's the perfect time to ask because nobody is doing this, nobody is asking for job positions then. So if you ask, you would be, you would stand out, you know what I mean? Um, But do not force yourself to do things that the people are doing because, I mean, I was very, I was very overwhelmed um, with making friends because I'm not that sociable and so making friends to me or talking to other people was very hard and also like raising hands in class i mentioned it in in previous episode but i was terrified um and i went to therapy because of that but i was terrified to 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 voice my my opinions and um even talk to other people because my i was not confident in myself i was not comfortable with myself um and so yeah i i would I would not advise you to do everything, but I would advise you to at least give them a try you know even parties give them a try and see if they are suitable for you or not even join club do not join five clubs at once join one club and see um and then find job you don't have to find job right away, but you can um find job and i and I'd advise you to 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 find one because finding job is something that should be done in your first year at least in my opinion because uh for example making new friends you can always make friends right you can always hang out you can always party you can always join clubs but jobs are limited positions and you have to make that first step and also working part-time in your first year at least in your first semester really helps with your communication skills, first of all, but also just trying to put yourself in a very uncomfortable position, and that would help you, and that would force you to grow. That's what I did, and that's what helped me to grow. So I would, I, re- I would recommend you to do certain certain things, certain some things, but do not feel the need to do everything, or even do not feel the need to do any of this if you don't, you you don't want to, right? This is just an advice and this is just some recommendations that I have for you. So just take take it as a grain of salt. Um, the fourth step is to try to be more uncomfortable every day. Like I mentioned, circling back to finding jobs. like Studying abroad is your chance to change and to adapt and to grow. Um, because if not, then why did you choose to study abroad, right? Studying abroad is is a chance for you to change uh, and it's a chance to observe from other people uh see what they're doing and apply applying some of those things to your life um and so we can and and also if, we, if you want to change uh we can you have you have to change right like literally if you want to change you have to change um we cannot change by remaining the same and so i would advise you do one uncomfortable thing a day i like at least one like for example if you want to if your ultimate goal is to raise hands in class and be more active in class um then every class semester or every class um lecture try to do something you don't have to raise your hand all the time Uh, you just have to talk like you can talk to your neighbor you can ask your friend a a question or you can contribute to your to your class exercises things like that you know just like do one thing that makes you uncomfortable every single day and gradually you will be comfortable with the uncomfortable um and that's when you'll grow the fifth step go to therapy short and sweet go to therapy um because obviously you need help this time around and therapy is something that can help you um find information about the services that your school offers so for me my school offers free th- free therapy and counseling and that's why I took advantage of it but if it's if if your school does not apply does it, oh my god sorry if your school does not provide it for free um it's, it's still consider it because i feel like therapy is something that's helped me so much in the beginning months, when I first came to America, um, it opened my eyes to a new understanding about myself and it helps me connect deeply um, and and understand myself and my behaviors um, on a deeper level so now that i now that I can understand my body, I can read my body language and I can predict certain behaviors that will come so yeah it's a it's a it's a great investment for yourself, so go to therapy. Um, and the final tip that I have for you today is to be extra, extra gentle with yourself this time around, do what you want to do, experience, be uncomfortable, obviously, but also enjoy this precious period, this like fresh beginning because it's, uh, you can, you will not be able to go back to that first semester of first year, uh for me, that period was very unstable, but by far, it's the, experience, the the period in my life where I grew the most and I learned the most about myself. And even though it was so fucking uncomfortable, it was so transformational as well. So I highly, highly recommend you to take make the most out of that first month or first semester of your first year um and also remember give yourself time to learn the new skills give yourself time to be familiar with your new environment make new friends um, learn the new way of studying that's like a whole different topic um, and also build new routine. Give your, give yourself time to build new routines. Like, um, the first week, uh, the first month, uh, when I came to the to into America, I did not know. I did not even schedule in doing laundry. And then when Saturday came, I was like, shit, I needed to do laundry and I needed to clean and also, um, do taxes. That's like so hard and so difficult. And I had to do all of them by myself and it's not easy but it's not that difficult you know what i mean you can do it you have the capacity to do it everyone does so but give yourself time you know you don't have to rush you have nothing to rush you have you, you don't have to be you're you exactly where you're supposed to be so just like enjoy experience you know and give yourself time it's okay to not be okay but remember that things will pass and we will be okay um so yeah it's a I'm, i apologize for such a long episode but i've been really enjoying just like sharing my experiences with you and i hope you enjoy listening to me ramble and vent but I hope you learned something. I hope you can take away some of those tips or some of the things that I talked about in my updates section. Um, and let me know what you think. Let me know what other tips that you have for people studying abroad. Or let me know what other experiences that make your first year memorable, right? Um, and I will see you very soon with another episode. Um, and until then, bye bye!